Okay. Morning. I feel like we've heard the heart of the Lord this morning already. That was that was awesome, awesome time together. <clears throat> um, community is um, one of our core values. It's actually on our wall. That's how important we think it is. And um, we've got, I have actually done a PowerPoint today. <laughs> I was even impressed with myself. <laughs> Very simple PowerPoint, you will see. Um, let's just read it together. We are a people who, by God's grace, love, support, and encourage one another and create a place where all who come can find a sense of belonging. It's a powerful statement. It's a very full statement. But today I'd uh, like to just unpack that a little and look at some of the key parts of it. First of all, though, I'd like to think about, look at why we chose this as one of our values. The things that you see around the wall didn't just miraculously appear overnight. It took about six months of really hard work, some very robust discussion, um, to come up with those statements. We really sought God and drilled down. We looked at where we've come from, we looked at the origins of the church and where we believe God is wanting to take us. It's not something we copied from someone else's website. This is us. These are our values. This is our core. This is who we are. It's what we believe and what we hold most important. So why community? You know, we, we actually had a board full of things that we felt were important in God's kingdom and important for a church to pursue. And we came down to the ones that are on the wall. Why community? It's because it's who God is. God is community. God is not alone. He is, a, he is Trinity. He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is perfect community. And in Genesis, it tells us that they got together and said, let us make man in our image. So we are to reflect the community of the Godhead. And in Genesis 1.26, it says, let us, oh no, in 2.18, it says, it is not good for man to be alone. We were never intended to do life by ourselves. God intended us to live and grow and be in community. God walked with Adam and Eve. He communed with them. He had community with them. And God's desire for his people to have relationship with him and with one another is a thread that we can find right through Scripture. He sent Jesus. He sent the Holy Spirit so that we could continue to walk with him. <clears throat> So what does it look like? We all have an idea of what community means, but we're going to unpack this a little. Um, I'm going to look at the next slide. <clears throat> Love, support, and encourage one another. That sounds pretty easy, 
<laughs> Not always. We're to love with God's love, accepting and honouring. We're to support. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. When one weeps, we all weep. We're to lift one another up and we're to pray for one another. And we're to encourage one another. See the God potential in each person and speak into that. Not only see people in the natural and in the physical, but also after the spirit. To recognise the work of God in one another and to love that thing and to encourage that thing. There are 59 one another's in the New Testament. It's important. Let me read some of them to you. I've got scriptures for all of these. If you would like them, come and see me after. Be at peace with each other. Wash one another's feet. Love one another. That's in the New Testament at least 15 times. Many more if you look at the different ways it's said. But love one another. That phrase is at least 15 times. Be devoted to one another. Honour one another. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another. Instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Have equal concern for one another. Serve one another in love. Carry each other's burdens. Be patient with one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive one Excuse me. Forgive one another. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Do not lie to each other. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Confess your sins to each other. And offer hospitality to one another. There's a lifetime of one another's there. And God somehow knew that we'd need reminding about them. They're all through the Bible, one another's. Because when we put the one another's into practice, when we're doing all of those things, that's when we are the church. That's when we are Jesus to one another. It's not about getting jobs done, but about doing life together. Then we build the church, and that's how we create community. The times when community is most obvious is when there's a crisis or a celebration. Pop your hand up if you've been at a funeral or at a wedding and the comment's been made, we really should do this more often. Mm. (laughs) We do. We gather together. And the church can be guilty of the same. We cruise along doing our own thing until there's a crisis. And man, I need you to pray for me. Man, I need your support. We, we provide meals for one another. We do gardening for one another. We look after each other's children. When there's a crisis, we're there for one another. But it's something we need to be doing continually, building community. We are the body of Christ. We need to know that when there's a crisis, we already have relationship that we can draw on. And as a church, we're much more attractive when we're doing community well, when we're loving, supporting and encouraging one another. The one another's, though, 
can make life a little messy. And at sometimes um, we get hurt in the one another's. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But just want to encourage you that it's worth it. It's worth the mess and it's worth the times of hurt because of the fruit that comes from it. It's a scripture that says, by your love for one another, people will know that we're his disciples. Our love for one another sets us apart because it is a spiritual thing. Our vision statement, this one here. So it overarches all the other things. This is what we see. Our vision is that we would transform our community through the love and power of Jesus. As we do this community well, this community outside the church is going to know the love and power of Jesus. Well, as we do the one another's, we're creating a place for people to come and find the love and power of Jesus. We've just finished a series on faith, and before that, we did one on worship. They're not in isolation. And it's not by random choice that Ben picked these topics out of a hat. Thought, oh, it'd be good to do this. Oh, we might do this now. He's actually been seeking God. He and Rachel have been about what to do next, about where God's wanting to take us, what journey he's wanting to take us on. Worship and faith build community. As we worship together, as we build our faith together, we come together in community. And these are some of the building blocks that God has given this church specifically. We have always had a depth in worship. And our original original name, Obed, actually means worshipper and servant. We've always known, we've always believed that we're a place of healing. A place where we believe God to do the impossible. To see the supernatural and the heavenly become part of our everyday lives. Uh, Many of us have lived in physical community. We're unique in that we have a number of properties here. Um, Some of you may not be aware there was a group of uh, 12 homes also down in Miles Street. We were lots of different names, Nappy Alley, um, Smiley Street. Uh, There were about 12, 12 households that lived within a one-block radius, and we did, a lot of us had young children, we did a lot of mess together. (laughs) Um, There were lots of opportunities for one another's, but we worshipped together, we prayed together, we had faith for one another, we supported one another, and as a result, some of the relationships that are formed in those places have become some of my strongest relationships Because when we do community, we create a place of authentic relationships. It's a place of honesty and integrity and a place of healing and restoration. But you don't have to be living beside someone or living with someone to do community. It's actually about our heart and how we give ourselves in relationship. I'd like to read a story from Luke. Chapter 5, verse 17, about some people who created a place. 
One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. These four friends created a place. They made a way so that their friend could receive healing. They knew that healing was available in Jesus and loved their friend, who was unable to make a way for himself. And how often we get alongside people who in their minds and in their understanding can't see a way forward. But we, when we come with faith, creating a way, make a way for those that don't have any hope. The young man was, well, I'm assuming he was young. Did it say young? Nope, just said he was paralysed. They made a way. They bought him. Um, But there's two types of people in this story. There's the friends who pushed through the obstacles and did the unthinkable because of their faith. And there were those who were close to Jesus. They were near him, but could only find fault with what they saw happening because they didn't think it was right. I want to be like the friends. I want to be looking for ways. I want to be looking for opportunities. I want to be praying for the people that are around me to create a place for those who don't yet know Jesus. I want to be aware of what God's doing. And it might be different to what I think or how he's done it before. But I want to be in tune with God to hear and to be able to move and to make, create a place for people. You know, even those that were critical, even those when it shouldn't be happening like this, don't know who he thinks he is, even they were blessed and amazed. It says all that were there were amazed. But I don't want to be a a spectator. I don't want to be standing on the side and go, oh, look at what God did. I actually want to be in there and I want to be part of what God does, not just an observer. And I know that's our heart today.
you know, someone, um, Shane, is, is doing something a little bit different. You know, we've been creating a way out here to create community, having a meal. Often creating community is around food. I don't know if you've noticed that. It's about spending time together. It's around food. It's doing meals. It's breaking bread together. It's very spiritual. But Shane has been, for the last two months, opening the cafe during the week. And he's sent out emails to all his workmates because they've been going through a tough time. And he said, just want to provide a space that you can come. And so he sets up the cafe and he buys extras. It's a lot of work to set up the cafe. And he sets it up and he comes here for two afternoons a month and he only has a couple of people come. But he's creating a place. And last week, one of those people actually came to church. You know, so as we do what God puts us on our heart, as we work with the, the gifts that are in our lives, as we work with the talents that God has given us and pray about it, God, what can I do? How can I create a place? What's something fresh that you want to do? God will reveal things to us and we'll actually start to see new things opening up. Now, the four friends faced some obstacles. There was no room. There was no way in. Now, um, parents with prams, you will, you will relate to this. If you've ever been to the markets or you've been to Eka with a pram. Yeah, yeah I see shaking heads and I go, <laughs> It's not easy to get through a crowd with a pram. It's not easy to get through a crowd if you've ever been travelling in a busy airport with a big suitcase and you're bumping and you're banging. Where there's no way, if you've been in a crowd and you've got a load, it's not easy. And these four guys couldn't get through. Yet they found a way. Homes in that time had stairs up the side and a roof. So they actually went around the crowd. They climbed up the stairs. I can't say I have, but I know shifting house, going upstairs, four men, either side. Stairways aren't very wide. This was not a comfortable activity that they were doing. They got up onto the roof and they started peeling back the roof. Now that roof was strong. It's not like roofs we have today, but it was strong enough to keep the rain out. It was strong enough to hold the weight of people and they pulled it apart. I often think of the mess that would have been happening downstairs. What was? I think they knew they were coming. You know, there would have been dirt and dust and, and, and whatever they'd used falling on their heads. They made a way and they lowered him right in front of Jesus. They made a way. And I thought, what are some of the obstacles that I face? When I see a need, and I have to be honest, most of them are in my head. can be an offence. Where I think, well, I'm not going there. I tried that last time and da 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 and I got there. And, yeah, and yeah, no, I'm not doing that again. We've all been there. Or where we think someone has stepped out of line. Well, they shouldn't be doing that. Just like the Pharisees did. Well, Jesus shouldn't be doing that. Who does he think he is? You know, we've all, if we're honest, we've all done that but we've also all received that. They're offences, but they're in our mind. And if we leave them in our mind, they start to affect our spirit 
and they affect our heart. Another obstacle I face is fear of rejection. Now, what will they think if I step out in faith? Have I really heard from God? Does God really want me to do that? And I can get caught up in the busyness of life and in the busyness of life, not give due diligence to seeking God, not setting time aside to really hear his voice for my neighbours, for my workmates. And I have to admit, it's been a while since I've been on my knees for my neighbours. God occasionally puts something in my heart for them. And, and, but, you know, to really be looking to make a way. Getting caught up in the tradition of how we've always done things. Am I prepared to push through the mess of the one another's? push through the obstacles to help people come to a place of connection with Jesus because we know what God's heart is and this is our heart too is that all who come can find a sense of belonging a place where they belong a place where every person matters So what does it mean to have a sense of belonging? This is a litmus test for community. Do I belong? Do I have a place where I'm accepted for who I am, with value, and am I able to make a contribution? Can I encourage you that if you have questions, even if hearing that, well, I don't feel like I belong, or I don't know where I fit. Can I encourage you to do something about that? Because, yes, it's providing a place, but we also have to take a personal responsibility. And sometimes we have to make a way for ourselves. Sometimes we have to make a choice to push through those obstacles, push through those offences, push through those thoughts and actually make a choice to chase community, to pursue community. I encourage you, come to the prayer meeting. Come and hear what God's doing. Come and be a part of what God is, is doing. Join a small group. Come and see Josh. Josh, wave your hand for us. Come and see Josh if you're not part of a small group. Small group is the best way to do one another's. Small group is one of the best ways to connect with community. Join a team. Kids, kids team. The youth team. The cafe team. The worship team. Come and see Rach. You know, we've got teams. The catering team. There are so many things that are happening in this church that we should all find a place where we know we belong and where we can add value. We sometimes just have to push through and find the place. Community only really occurs when there's unity. We've been through some seasons in our church, but I'd just like to say we don't all have to look the same. We don't all have to think the same. We don't all have to act the same. 
God has made us unique and individual, and he celebrates that. It's not, he doesn't want 50 carols. Lord, help us. He doesn't want 50 shanes. <laughs> he wants you, and he wants me. And he celebrates our individualness. But there is a place of unity, and it comes down to having one purpose and one mind, one heart, that doesn't mean we all think the same. There is a freedom in God to be ourselves. And everything we do needs to be done for his glory and from his strength. Because where there is unity, it's not just there is blessing. God commands a blessing. God releases a blessing. And from that, a richness flows out. So looking again at the Trinity... Three, but one. We sing a song at school, and it was the first time we sang it for a while at, at school, and some of the teachers are new, and in it it goes, one plus one plus one equals one. And there was this, <laughs> it, was, it was actually um, fun to watch. Three individuals, but one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, we don't have time this morning. It's not a sermon on the Trinity. But I'd just like to say Um, very quickly, that they each had a specific role. The Father is all loving. He reigns from heaven. The Son, Jesus, our Redeemer, he's preparing a place for us. He's interceding on our behalf and he's seated in heavenly places. And the Holy Spirit, he's heaven on earth for now. He's at work in us and through us. He convicts and he comforts. He empowers and he quickens. And just like um, the Trinity has a specific role, so do we. Jesus surrounded himself with people from all walks of life. Fishermen, tax collectors, women, doctors, children, religious leaders, all ordinary people. And in Acts, some were called to very public ministries. Others were to look after the day-to-day running of the church. Others were called to prayer. Today, he draws ordinary people, teachers, nurses, concreters, cleaners, architects, retail assistants, students, mums, Dads, people in retirement, prime ministers, and even queens. No matter what walk of life we're in, Jesus calls us into his community to be his hands and his feet with a specific place that God has designed just for you. He's no respecter of people. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 14 says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many parts, not just 
one part. In verse 18, our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. And in verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. God has put each part where he wants it. He's put each of us in this place. It's not by chance that you're a part of this church or that you're here this morning. Many of of us have come from different parts of the world and felt called to come to this place. When I was a child, um, I'd never been to Australia before I came here to live. And I go, who would want to live in Australia? That was my heart. I could not see why anyone would want to live in such heat with spiders that are dangerous and snakes and, and talk funny. And, <laughs> do you know, I actually, it was, I would never live in Australia. Well, never's a dangerous thing to say in God's ear hearing. But we really sensed God calling us to be here. And it's quite a long story how God called us to this church But we feel called. We feel, and so that's held us through things when things have got messy. We've known that this is where God has got us. We've known that this is where God wants us and where he wants to use us. And so, yeah, it's, it's good. None of us is here by chance. I believe that with all my heart. No matter how long you have been here, it is not by chance that you are in this place. It is part of God's plan. And if you don't know your part, as I was saying before, if you don't know you belong, ask God. Ask God, God, what can I be involved in? What can I do? Where do you want to use me? We are never too young or too old to be used by God. God wants to use us. We talk about living for him every day of our lives. And that's something he continues to work out. And the last point, all of this can only happen by grace. By grace. Only as we have experienced the grace of God. (laughs) Oops. Only as we have experienced the grace of God can it flow out to others. Only by the grace of God can we love, support and encourage. Only by the grace of God can we create a place. This morning, if there's any obstacle that's stopping you from doing any of those things, choose grace today. Choose forgiveness. You know, none of us is perfect. All of us have messed up the one another's. We've all been on the receiving end of a messy one another. Community can be messy, but as we flow in grace and in forgiveness, that's where the richness comes, that's where the strength comes. That's where the joy of the Lord is released. That's where the blessing is released. 
So this morning you may need to just say, yeah, Lord, here I am. Use me. Lord, show me where I fit. Show me the power of community again. Show me how I can create a place for others. Show me how I can love my neighbour, how I can support my brother or sister, how I can encourage the people that you've put around me. Help me to see the God potential in others. Help me to see what you are doing. Because as we do that, we'll start to see our community being transformed by the love and power of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace, your grace, your mercy, your love, your encouragement at work in each one of us. Thank you, Lord, that you've placed each one of us here, not by chance, but as part of your eternal plan for what you want to do in this place and in Caboolture. Lord, help us to have ears to hear. Help us to have a fresh understanding of our value in your eyes and our value to one another. Lord, continue to build us together that we would see your kingdom come, that we'd see your church built and we'd see our community transformed by your love and your power. Thank you, Lord. Amen.